0: Hello and welcome to Cage Club. Two fans, 75 movies, one cage. Today's movie is Grindhouse from 2007. I'm Joey Lewandowski.
1: And I'm Mike Manzi.
0: And we have with us today a very special guest, Steve Payson. Hello, Steve. How are you doing, Joey? Good, how are you?
2: Quite well, actually.
0: So now, Steve Payson is here because the first time I ever hung out <laughs> with him, he and I watched Planet Terror. We were in college, and we were out eating like a late-night meal, a bunch of friends, and I said, I just got the DVD. Who wants to watch it? And a bunch of people, like a handful of people, said, yeah, I'll watch it. The only person who showed up was Payson.
2: And I'd only met you like two days beforehand. Which...
0: Did not know each other very well. <laughs> watched the whole movie. As soon as the credits start rolling, he goes, well, bye, and just walks, <laughs> Just leaves. Yep. And it was the start of a beautiful yep, friendship.
2: Yeah, Never turned back from that moment.
0: Also, he's also the guest today because he's one of the only other people in the world I know who loves this movie as much as I do. From start to finish, both Planet Terror and Death Proof and all the trailers before and during, it's all from start to finish. This is an amazing movie. I know that Steve Payson appreciates it as much as we do. It
2: was, it was the first movie that I ever went and saw twice in theaters, and I actually believe I saw it three times because I, I loved it. It was it's It's so good, all around.
0: I only saw it once in theaters. Mike, you saw it in theaters, too, right?
2: Yeah, um, I had the privilege
1: of seeing it twice in theaters. I went by myself. I wanted to see it
0: again (laughs) so bad. I only saw it once, but I do remember there were not very many people in the theaters. I don't know how well this did financially. As
2: far as I remember, it, I think, is considered a flop. It really did not do very well. Yeah. In the box office, there wasn't really too much promotion for it, I I don't believe. I only knew about it right before it came out. Which is so weird. Yeah, Yeah. you get two big-name directors putting two movies together in one. I just don't understand that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I had a
1: feeling it had a little something to do with the entire concept, the idea of a double feature. I don't know if people really grabbed on to that idea from the start. And it also kind of catered to a very niche audience at the time. I mean, their sort of crowd has grown by leaps and bounds thanks to the advancements of internet information and things like that. But at the time, you know, they were really speaking to a small group of people, I believe, trying to
0: reach a larger crowd. All I remember is that when I was watching the movie after planet terror ended and the trailers came up one guy in like the row ahead of me got up to leave and his friend's like no dude there's another movie and he's like what <laughs> i just sat back down and apparently from what i was reading so many people were leaving after planet terror that they sent out to like a, a memo to movie theaters and they started and movie theaters started having ushers at the door saying hey just so you know there's another movie you don't have to pay yeah. for it if you want to go back in and watch that, it
2: that makes sense i mean if you go into it not kind of realizing there's two movies i'd, I'd get up after a first movie not knowing <laughs> there was a second one <laughs> it is kind of strange
1: too because tarantino had just sort of cameo directed a scene in sin city before mm-hmm. these came out you know right. so i could understand people thinking they co-directed one film together and not, you know not realizing that they've Two entirely separate films running back-to-back.
0: So, I mean, we could talk about this movie forever, because I love this movie so much. But the reason we're here today, the reason we're here for Cage Club, is because in between the two movies, there were three trailers. Eli Roth did one for Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. Edgar Wright did one for Don't, and most importantly, at least as far as today is concerned, Rob Zombie made a trailer called Werewolf Women of the SS. In Grindhouse, in the actual release, there's a -a two-and-a-half-minute version. If you go on YouTube, there's a five-minute version. Apparently, it's also on the Blu-ray. In Werewolf Women of the SS, challenging maybe Fast Times at Ridgemont High for least Cage time on screen, (laughs) we have Nicolas Cage as Fu Manchu. And Nicolas
2: Cage
1: as Fu Manchu. Yes!
0: the SS written and directed by Rob Zombie. This trailer is incredible, but Cage's performance, and especially in the longer cut, is just wonderful.
2: It really is. And I remember being in the theater for that the first of three showings that I went to see, and when this trailer came up, obviously it was hilarious. Lots of laughs from the audience, you know, but then at the end, as they're rattling off the, the <laughs> cast list, you know, you got Udo, and you got you got Sherry Moon Zombie, and everyone's laughing, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it says, and Nicolas Cage, and Nicolas Cage, and the crowd, I remember, just, like, erupted in laughter as he turns around with this massive Fu Manchu mustache, and <laughs> It was memorable. It was very good.
1: Yeah, to me, this was one of the big surprises of being there in the theater watching it. One of the few things I kind of didn't know about before going into it. Some some of the trailers, like Thanksgiving, were released early online, and I believe the Machete trailer as well That's was okay. released online. But sitting there in theaters when the guy hits and he turns <laughs> around, and the guy, you know, you get that amazing Grindhouse trailer announcer saying Nicolas Cage. And Nicolas Cage. You know, it was a remarkable moment in my life I think (laughs) it's one of the things I think that made me from that point on sort of look at Nicolas Cage differently and say this is a guy who knows how to have fun you know he's he's not stuck up he's not you know one of those kinds of guys and and I kind of followed him a little closer than I did from this point on
0: yeah this was a time in my life where I wasn't on board the Nicolas Cage train yet it was a very misguided time in my life (laughs) and I knew that he was kind of a polarizing figure and at this point I mean he had started to do I guess I mean based on what we've been talking. about. he had done national treasure so he's sort of like a kid's star he had done the wicker man which i probably knew at the time was like a flop but i didn't really know i mean i didn't know anything about sort of his backstory i just knew that when he showed up it was just incredibly funny he was in on the joke which is important like we know by now that he's all he's in on a joke a lot of the time as serious as he as, as it seems he takes himself he's willing to make fun of himself and sort of make fun of his image too as well which is very very endearing
1: Yeah, and I love the idea that he was playing with these kids, you know, that he was – With, you know, he was hanging out with Rob Zombie, that he was in a Tarantino Rodriguez film, that he was a part of all of this, just sort of made me look at him a little differently, going like, all right, like, if they're going to accept him, like, I'm going to accept him. I mean, I was pretty much like a Rodriguez super fan at the time, too, you know, like, he could do no wrong in my eyes. It was kind of like, well, if, like, Rodriguez is going to vouch for him, like, then I'm definitely going to check him out and see what he's all about.
0: Apparently, he did this for free. He appeared as Fu Manchu for free because he's with Rob Zombie. What I like about Grindhouse and about just sort of like what this kind of represents, there's a friendship here between Tarantino and Rodriguez, but there's a reason that they teamed up, because they both love these kind of movies. I think if I remember right, Quentin's got this huge film archive, and so he would be showing Robert Rodriguez all these different movies, and obviously he knew, he had a background, he had his own history there. But it's like the shared history, it's the shared enjoyment. Quentin Tarantino directed that scene in Sin City, I think, for a dollar. Robert Rodriguez scored Kill Bill two for a dollar. There's just like this friendship that just like I'll do things for you and you can do things for me and whatever. So I like that Cage is friends with Rob Zombie. He's like, Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Like there'll be a day of shooting, I get to dress up as Fu Manchu. It's just a fun, cool story.
1: I think it's also a chance for him to play one of the greatest supervillains of all time. Like Fu Manchu goes back almost a hundred years in literature and predates what we know as super villainy you know most of that stuff kind of came from him and i think moriarty was around at the time but he was there at the dawn of all of this kind of stuff so it's a huge character then it's a controversial character these days it's a good chance to play him you know it's an opportunity and so it's cool that he's playing this iconic super villain you know i just love that as well especially since the last movie we saw him in was ghost rider where he played a superhero
0: so the important thing i guess we should talk about is that the extended trailer which is on youtube which i didn't even know existed until last night is that cage has more than one line in the actual trailer in the trailer in grindhouse he just says i believe although the more i hear it the more i think i'm saying this line wrong does he say this is my
2: mecca and i always wondered that too i couldn't figure it out and i just before this right here now i, I watched that section a couple times and it sounds like he's saying this is my vision but so i can't yeah. i can't guarantee that that's just what it sounds like to me I had the subtitles
1: on on my DVD, and it says this is my Mecca, but to me it sounds like this is my mission or mm. something like that. Like, this is my mission. I don't know, but that's also part of the charm. It's like, what the hell is he even <laughs> saying?
0: <laughs> what is the extended cut? Like, what is the line that he says in the longer version?
1: He says, I want a Cinnabon. <laughs> I want a Cinnabon to my liking. I want wanted Cinnabon. Cinnabon to my liking. This is my <laughs> <laughs> And then he says the line, which we're not sure what he says, which is why I think it's my mission because he says, then he says, this is my mission, as in my mission is to get a cinnabon to my liking, and <laughs> that is all of that, that I want. <laughs>
0: so we have a quick addendum we're recording this the next morning since our grindhouse episode we learned a little bit more about what cage might be saying the extended clip and mike take it away
1: Okay, so I took it upon myself to listen to Rob Zombie's audio commentary of the making of the trailer. He explains that Nick Cage is not, in fact, saying Cinnabon. In fact, Rob Zombie says he's not even sure what Nick Cage is talking about himself. <laughs> he just stayed short on time and wanted to leave it in. He's, in fact, talking about some type of old or ancient or very expensive wood.
0: That it's called Cinnabar, Cinnabar right?
1: Cinnabar, I believe, is, is how it's pronounced. So that's part of a mystery solved.
0: That's that. Take that for what? I mean, it, it just it adds to whatever it is that he's saying. So that's about it.
1: Nick came down for about 15 minutes. We threw him in this robe, walked him up the stairs. Uh, he wanted to yell about cinnabar, which is this kind of like Chinese expensive cinnabar. wood. But no one understood what he was saying, and it made no sense. But oh, I, like I really it. didn't care because nothing like in this movie makes in sense. That was sort of the point. That, and we didn't make him look Chinese because we wanted to play it as if We were low-budget filmmakers who wanted to sell Nick's face so that we didn't want to hide his face as a cheesy thing.
0: So I think the important thing about the extended cut, or the thing that sort of sets him up as a character in the movie, is that the original trailer, you have no idea what his involvement is in this movie. But in the extended cut, it sets him up that he's kind of the Nazis' last hope. They're running out of time. The walls are closing in. The only thing that they have to do is to turn Fu Manchu to help out.
1: I I do love how much you can piece together the plot of this film through the trailer. It just, I wish we got this film at some point down the line.
0: So Robert Rodriguez turned the Machete trailer into an actual movie, and he made sure that every shot in the trailer made its way into the movie. So that became a movie. Supposedly at some point, it hasn't come out yet, Eli Roth was turning Thanksgiving into a movie. Rob Zombie apparently had said at one point that he wanted to do this into a movie but then I think scrap the plans. Yeah, I think so, I
2: was just reading that he said that he will not be making it into a movie, which is a shame.
0: Which is a real shame, and I wish that he was going to do it, but it's sort of like what I feel about the other trailers, that like even if they don't become movies, like we still have these two or three or five minute perfect little bits. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a delight, and like, I'm, I'm just happy that these exist, even if a full movie doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, the extended cut of Werewolf Women of the SS especially is great because it almost feels just like a short film right? Like, mm-hmm. it feels like a short horror film to a degree. Uh, to me, it did watching it. I was like, wow, there's, there's actually lots more footage, and you know, kind of, there's lots more story. They drop all these little lines here and there that fill in blanks and things, and you could really just imagine what the next sort of 85 minutes would be like in your head.
0: Now, I what I suggest is they do a Grindhouse 2 with Werewolf Women of the SS and Nation's Pride from Inglorious Basterds. Oh, <laughs> that, that would be
2: crazy. Yeah, I would enjoy
1: that. Ha ha ha! I would even go with this and Thanksgiving or this Mm. and don't it just I can't I wish Edgar would just go to a mansion for a weekend and just shoot and shoot and shoot like a marathon and then just cut it together and release it just it is what it is or something like that I don't want them to spend a lot of time on it that's almost part of it that's almost part of the value of these movies is that they're low rent to a degree and uh, that's part of the fun
0: the scene he's in in the actual trailer or even in the extended trailer is less than 30 seconds the actual trailer is probably less than 15 seconds yeah. and most of that is him laughing maniacally but the way they were brought into the scene is by a girl holding a gong just ringing the gong and then that great grindhouse announcer says and nicholas cage as fu manchu i don't know if we talked about this on a previous episode or if this was off mic the girl who rings the gong is his wife alice kim cage they're still married i mean he's been married three times He was married to Patricia Arquette, which we talked about. He was married to Lisa Marie Presley, who we talked about. Now Alice Kim, who I think was he just met, who was a waitress in L.A., and they fell in love and got married. And she's the woman that they have Cal el with. That Weston Cage, I think, was from someone else? Maybe Patricia Arquette? I'm not sure. No, maybe not. No, definitely not her. I don't know. Whatever. Alice Kim is the one that they have Cal el with so and they're still married now so like that's cool but i just love that his wife is on screen signaling his entrance into the movie i think she's also in next which we're gonna watch next good wordplay there i guess she's only in like these bit parts in a couple movies but it's just cool that she's there that it's sort of like a and i'm sure she didn't get paid either she's just like hey honey come on just like ring gong let's just dress up or we're, we're gonna have a good time today
2: i like to imagine that's where they met not in the restaurant they <laughs> met on the set Nicolas Cage in full costume, love at first sight. That's what I'd like to imagine, too. Like, he turns around, coming out of the makeup
1: trailer in full Fu Chu makeup, and he, like, looks at her, and they lock eyes, and they fall in love, and he's got, like, you know, maybe they got to do an extra take because he can't concentrate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And then imagine, like, telling your friends, oh, where did you meet? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's why he tells them they just met, at a, <laughs> met at a diner at somewhere,
1: because yeah. <laughs> it's just such a ridiculous... <laughs> I guess in regards to Fu Manchu, I did not really think about it until watching this five, six times in a row for, for Cage Club and stuff, but uh, he reminds me of the Mandarin, too. You know, I think they definitely, Marvel Comics kind of based the Mandarin around Fu Manchu to a degree. You know, and also he isn't exactly the most, like, politically creative correct. correct character these days so i kind of understand why he's used more as a joke here in this context not considered that much of a serious threat but you know his character is an old character so like does have a lot of literature history and stuff like that so i just thought it was a really great reference for rob zombie to pick up on incorporate into his story and into his trailer and it fits that's what's most important like it seems like it's totally out there and it is from left field but it works
0: Everything in this movie is completely insane and crazy, but it also all, like, in everything, in all the trailers and all, in yeah, both the entire movies. entire
2: grindhouse. But
0: it all feels real within their world, which I think is the most important thing. These people care about these things, that even if Rob Zombie never makes the actual werewolf woman in the SS, you know that it's the kind of movie that he would make... And he wants to put the care into it and just it's great and I love it and I love everything about it. So thank you, Steve Payson, for being on what may be the shortest episode we've ever done. We'll see how it turns out in editing, but for sure the shortest with a guest. So you have a cage club <laughs> record in your back pocket. So like thank that. you for joining what, us.
2: Do I get any sort of paper, you know, any sort of metal? We'll throw you a
0: shout out at the uh, the cage awards at the end. We should do a cage awards <laughs> we at should the I end. Like do that. I like that. And I bring all the guests back. Oh man, okay, we're, we're gonna figure that okay, out. We'll do a good. cage awards <laughs> and you will you'll definitely receive an award for shortest guest episode. Excellent but thank you for joining us today of course thank you for having me so for all things cage club you can go to cageclub.me you can read our reviews find past podcasts rate review subscribe on itunes follow us on twitter everything you want to know about nicholas cage and cage club over at cageclub.me i'm joey lewandowski i'm mike manzi and that's steve payson and we'll see you next time on cage club